Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Thursday. This is the last day of September uh, and the last day of the third quarter as we get ready to head into the fourth quarter of 2021. Hey, yesterday was uh, not a, uh, a huge great day, but not a bad day either. We'll talk about that more in just a few minutes when we get Dave on the line. Uh, but today we've got unemployment. Hey, did we come to a agreement on spending? And will the government shut down tonight at midnight? That's the question Dave and I will talk about more coming up next. Before we do, though, let me remind you, there's only one thing that any of us can control within our portfolios. You can't control what they do in Washington. You can't control what happens geopolitically around the world. But you can control how much risk you have in your current portfolio. And the problem is, if you don't know how much risk you have, you don't know what changes need to be made. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to go through our core retirement design. That's our process that we have trademarked and ready to walk through. Give us a call, 863-382-0037. Hey, with that, Dave is coming up next. Stay tuned. Just human nature, don't you know? Just human nature to say, why on earth can't my money just keep going straight up? Too bad it doesn't. <laughs> That's why we do this every morning. Check in and see what Wall Street's doing to your money this morning. Back in the saddle again. So glad to have him back this week. Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. Philip, good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning, Dave. Glad to be here. Guess what? Today is the last day of September, and that means it's the last day of the third quarter. Um, and so that gives us some new numbers today, right? Absolutely, it's going to. We're going to cross our fingers that tomorrow morning you're going to be telling us that we had a good quarter, but I don't think the month is going to be good because we only went up by 90 on the Dow yesterday, up by a rock-crushing, oh, let's see, under 7 on the S&P, and the NASDAQ continued dipping on concerns over interest rates. I got a sneaking hunch that at the very least September's monthly numbers are going to be less than pretty, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. I was just scrolling through those. And uh, yeah, the S&P would have to be up over 3% to, to, uh, to break even. The NASDAQ, guess what? It'd have to be up over 4% to break even. And even the Dow would have to be up 3% just to break even for the month. And, and you know, as much as I hope that happens, I just don't think it's in the tea leaves today. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that ain't going to happen today. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> Not from uh, what I'm seeing, anyway. Yeah, although it does look green at the very least, which is a nice, pleasant change. Uh, a whole bunch of junk going on that is going to affect money today, and uh, what Congress does might very well be one of the things that does it. Uh, odds are today, because they've got an agreement they can get through the Senate, uh, we're going to, get, going to get a continuing resolution that's going to allow the government to keep operating after this evening. Now, that's okay news. Fine. We're going to keep getting everything going, and we're going to still have those pesky bureaucrats in their offices tomorrow morning. But uh, we still haven't treated the debt ceiling issue yet, and that's the thing that the mainstream press and all the members of the administration are trying to throw up uh, flares and warning signs and panic uh, from one end of Wall Street to the other about all the terrible things that could happen if we can't borrow money starting around the 18th of October. So, uh, I'm kind of seeing the continuing resolution as being kind of meh, 
And all it really does is gives Congress another 18 days to uh, sit on their hands and argue with each other over the debt ceiling, because now there isn't anything in the mainstream media that's going to pressure them to do something. Well, that's right. You know, they always wait until the last minute. But I am thankful they did get this resolution done, and hopefully the House will pass it uh, later today and go to the to the president. Because here's here's my concern of shutting down the government is we've already had, what, a year and a half, 18 months or more of the government basically being shut down anyway because of COVID. So we don't need any other reason. Uh, I mean, if you've tried to deal with the IRS or you've tried to deal with Social Security Administration, I mean, it's like butting your head against the wall, Dave. It's no fun at all. Oh, I've been dealing with the Social Security Administration for the last year or so because of personal items in my own life. And I'll tell you, working with the guys, uh, uh, the local guys I get funneled to, they're really nice. I like them a lot, but they're working at home, and that means anything that you do pretty much ends up taking an extra 24 to 48 hours if they can do it at all. And it would be kind of nice to have them back in the office where I could walk in and ask a question face-to-face, wouldn't it? It absolutely would. It would be nice not to have to sit on hold with the IRS for anywhere from two to three hours to talk to somebody. Yeah. I, I, I avoid the IRS like the plague. I don't call them unless they absolutely need me. And fortunately, it's been many years before they've, since they've said they needed me. <laughs> <laughs> same, uh, same problem, different side of the fence. When IRS is on the return address on an envelope, I immediately have my hair stand on end. That's the status in Washington right now. We got a report this morning, China manufacturing report. Uh, this doesn't happen very often. China issued a report showing their manufacturing for last month unexpectedly shrinking. Now, you and I make fun of the Chinese command and control economy because when they say their growth was only 10%, that means probably it was 5% because they really aren't known for being truthful. When they actually admit that their manufacturing for a quarter or a month shrinks, that kind of makes you say there's something on the horizon there we're not going to like one tiny little bit. Well, Dave, I think that, that goes to what we were talking about yesterday in terms of, of power shortages so and the coal shortage they're having over there. So China is forcing their manufacturers in their, in their, uh, to shut down. Uh, mm-hmm. periodically. So that would make sense to me that we would see a, a, a lack of or a reduction of manufacturing just because they can't run their normal cycles that they would run because the government's forced them to shut down because of power issues. Absolutely. I mean, the fact doesn't surprise me that much, but the fact, the idea that the government is actually willing to admit that it was a negative growth figure, <laughs> how yeah. Is it really is the question that goes through my mind? How about you? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We always know that those numbers aren't exactly what they seem to be. Absolutely. They're always not as good or worse than they say they are by any measure. And that kind of adds up to things. What we've got is a problem with supply chain driving prices up. And that's bringing a nasty word from, uh, well, I'm old enough to remember the word from 50 years ago, stagflation. We're not growing as fast as we'd really like to. And the problem is supply chains are driving our prices up without necessarily the justification for it because it's, demand is fine, but it's not, it's not driving prices up. It's a function of being able to get stuff in the stores, and that's driving us to the point where our inflation numbers aren't feeling good. Well, that's right. And Powell said yesterday, I think on the Hill, that we could expect inflation to go longer than he anticipated into next year. So that's, uh, that's not, a, not something that's fun to talk about. Yeah, we'll make up our two-year moving average a little faster, Jerry. That'll be just fine. Uh, 
News out of the government this morning, the data dump. Uh, we'll go through the uh, job figures quickly because the big one is the GDP. First-time employment, unemployment claims. They do that every Thursday. Uh, a little bit of a miss. They were expecting 330,000. We got 362,000. But the continuing claims were exactly on what the government expected, and it was a substantial drop from the prior week at 2.8 million continuing claims. I'm not 100% sure how to interpret that when our first-time claims go up and continuing claims stay steady and actually decline from the prior week. So net net, I'm calling that relatively good news. On the surface, it does look that way, Dave. Um, the question is, and my concern is always of that 2.8 million. I mean, in that in that number uh, of, of declines, uh, which was about 20,000, I think. Um, how much? Um, how many people have just given up? How many people have gone to the gig economy instead of trying to find a job? Those are the things that are concerning to me when I look at the, uh, the jobs numbers. And that's the number that we're going to find out when we get the unemployment number. Are we going to get the federal number tomorrow or is it too late in the month? Are we going to get that next Friday? Uh, I think it's next Friday. I figured it's not because they always give us the U6 rate, and that includes the discouraged workers that you and I have been concerned about now for eons. So we'll find out whether or not those 45,000 or so jobs, uh, continuing claims that dropped, uh, was actually uh, people getting back to work or people that dropped out of the system, and I'm hoping it's getting back to work. Uh, the big news this morning, though, we had a beat and some really good news. Uh, GDP, the uh, net, the last quarter's look at the GDP, and I think this is the final one, too, 6.7% growth in the, uh, th in the third estimate for the second quarter GDP. That's a revision upward, and uh, while it wasn't what they were hoping for originally, it's definitely a pleasant surprise seeing that kind of growth in a revision upward for the final look. It really is, Dave. It's nice to see a revision up to that 6.7 from the 6.6. .6. And, and you're right. That is the final revision for the, for the, for the Q2, second quarter. Um, and so now we'll wait another month or so, and we'll get the first reading for the third quarter and see how well we were continuing on that growth path. Absolutely. That's what we're looking this morning. Some good news, some not so good news, and some what the heck's going to happen news going out of Washington. And then we get into the actual reports for the companies that are letting us know how their quarters went. And we know of at least one store that really tanked for the quarter, at the very least based on their stock. Bed Bath & Beyond was not a good day today, was it? It really wasn't, Dave. I mean, they are taking it on the chin. They were expected to earn about 52 cents a share. They only earned four cents a share. And on gross revenue, they're expected to make 2.06 billion. They came in at a little less than 2 billion. So, uh, you know, they saw foot traffic at their stores drop off significantly. They're having um, enhanced supply chain issues. And so they're trading down. It continues to get worse. They're down 26% right now, Dave. Holy crud. That, that's, the kind of a, that's kind of a drop that you get when you start hearing rumors of impending bankruptcy. And I mean, heck, they were profitable. There's no risk of that. But that's precipitous, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it started off at 17%, now 26%, almost 27%. So that's a significant decline. They're at $16.30 right this second. And they closed at 22.20 last night. I got to believe that some of that is the fact that we're at the last day of the month and the hedge funds and the big investors that have them as part of their portfolio are saying, let me get out before I have to balance it at the end of the quarter. 
Yeah, that, that's true. Now, now on the bright side, they are up 25% year to date. Profit taking then. <laughs> <laughs> you have another indicator or two as well, I gather, right? We do. So this one is, uh, I didn't expect this earnings to come out yet, but it did. CarMax, um, mm. the auto retailer, they missed estimates also by 18 cents a share, <clears throat> came in at $1.72. Revenue, though, was better than expected. Uh, <clears throat> so that was good. Uh, their sales rose 6.2%, which was less than the 7.3 expected. Um, and so they are obviously... I'm taking it on the chin this morning too. Uh, they're down eight and a half percent, Dave. That's yep. still a, that's a big number. Um, and dollars, that's, that's down almost twelve dollars and fifty cents a share. Yeah, they're not a cheap stock. They're one hundred and thirty-five ninety at the last picture I got of it on my delayed quote, and I'd imagine they're lower than that now because I'm twenty minutes behind you. Yeah, try a dollar. Uh, try one hundred thirty-four dollars right now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dollar volume. Any other indications? So we do. We usually have McCormick is usually one of the first um, or the last, however you look at them, coming out. Um, they came out. They beat by eight cents a share uh, with with uh, earnings at 80 cents. Revenue slightly above what was expected. They did cut their full year forecast um, as they're dealing with some higher inflation and logistic challenges, which I'm assuming is probably transportation cost, uh, mm -hmm. which that's not surprising. They're down a, a little over 3% this morning. Yeah. And, and, and not good news either, because uh, at that rate, they will actually open at a new 52-week low. You're just full of merry sunshine this morning, I'm trying. I'm trying, Dave. You know, <laughs> it's, it's tough at the end of earnings season. Um, and the last one I have for you is uh, Herman Miller. Now, Herman Miller is, uh, people in the office, office supply business, they understand them. They're one of the big suppliers of office furniture. Um, they missed, though. They, they, they missed by a penny a share, came in at 49 cents. Sales were well above estimates, though, so that was good. Uh, they gave an upbeat current quarter forecast. Um, so, so, you know, just to show you how fast things can change, when the futures first opened and the announcement was first made, they were up 2.2% this morning, and now they're down 1%. So um, currently they're down 1% to $39.75 a share right now when they get ready to open it. Well, let's see if we can find some good news on the overall indexes then. Summarizing the thing from yesterday, blue chips were up by a little. NASDAQ and the growth stocks were off by a little yesterday, 45 minutes before we open. Where are we going so far, Philip? Hey, we still got green ink, Dave, on the uh, on the futures. Not as good as I was hoping I would see with everything going on. But we do have the, uh, the Dow 30 up about four-tenths of a percent. That's $137. Um, the S&P 500 is down about four-tenths of a percent. I mean, up about four tenths of a percent. It's about eighteen dollars. It's up, and then Nasdaq's up about a half a percent, or seventy-five dollars. The uh, big winner right now is the small cap, the Russell two thousand, up nine tenths of a percent, or almost twenty dollars right now. So good news there. On Ooh. the commodities front, it's kind of a mixed boat today, Dave. We got uh, gold and silver heading up. Gold up a little over a half a percent. Gold silver's up almost one percent. It's trying, not quite there, but getting close. And crude oil. Loving it, Dave. Down one and a quarter percent this morning, seventy-three eighty-eight a barrel. 
I'll take that, except for the fact that the biggest reason it's going down, I think, is because the dollar is up and the exchange rate is driving it down in dollars. Oh, well, you know, you got to take what you can get. And I was accusing you of stinking thinking. I figure I can go my direction on it, too. I don't like the reason why. <laughs> Overseas markets, the Asian rim was mixed one side or the other of the zero mark this morning at their close. Europe is mixed as well. We got England up by about two-tenths of a percent. Germany down by two-tenths, and that's the way the rest of the continent looks, too. Philip, it's a time where we are out of control as far as what goes on. Bed Bath & Beyond makes a minor miss by comparison. At least stays profitable, and they lose 25% of their value. That takes uh, a few pairs of eyes to look at finding where the risk is in mine. Where do I find you to get a hold of my retirement portfolio? Devin, give us a call at 863-382-0037. Uh, check out our website at statlerfinancial.com and then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Now, not on just Highlands News Talk 730, but Dave tells me now we're on FM 95.3. So we're excited about that. That's right. News Talk 730 got two voices now on AM and FM 95.3. Philip, thank you so much. And we'll catch you tomorrow morning one more time for the week. Fair enough? Fair enough, buddy. You have a great day. Thank you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, so again, I want to thank you guys for joining us. It's great to be back in the office and uh, and talking to you guys every day. I hope that your week is going well. I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow as we close out the week and start the fourth quarter. Until then, great day. Bye now.